0: Yo, what's up Ninja Turtle fans? Thanks for tuning in and checking out another episode of Booyaka Show, a TMNT podcast. As always, I'm your host Zach Norris, and today's episode is actually a follow-up to the Last Ronin comic coverage I handle with my buddy Rob from TurtleTales Radio. So you can consider this a Last Ronin bonus episode, if you will. In this bonus episode, Rob and I had the really awesome opportunity to get on a Skype call and chat with Last Ronin artist Ben Bishop. This is the first interview with a comic book professional I've had on Booyaka Show, so I'm really hyped for you guys to hear this. Some of you will know Ben from his previous work on the Raphael one-shot Weapon R from a handful of years ago. He's also an independent comic creator who works on a creator-owned title known as The Aggregate, and he's also working on the popular Kickstarter comic Drawing Blood, with whom he shares creative responsibilities with Kevin Eastman and David Avalone. Ben was gracious enough to give us some of his time and let Rob and I pick his brain about his work on Last Ronin. We talked inspiration, scheduling, workflow, all sorts of other cool stuff. Ben was very open with his insights and thoughts, and the interview turned out killer. Some technical difficulties kept the audio from being as good as it could be, but the interview is well worth the hassle. If you're enjoying the Last Ronin comics so far, then you need to hear this interview. Before I cut over to that, I want to take a quick second to thank my co-interview host, Rob Luther, from Turtle Tales Radio. Rob was instrumental in making the interview happen, and he recorded, so we wouldn't be here without him. Then, I'd obviously like to thank Ben Bishop for his time and energy. We appreciate him hopping on to chat last, Ronan, and we hope you guys enjoy the interview. If you want to find more about Ben on the interwebs, you can find him on Instagram and Twitter, at Bishart, that's at B-I-S-H-A-R-T. And you can check out his website, bishart.net, to see his portfolio and shop his web store. Without any further ado, let's jump into this interview. Let it shell! All right, listeners, like I said, I am now here in a Skype call with Rob Luther from Turtle Tales Radio and comic artist extraordinaire, Ben Bishop. Ben, how are you, buddy? Good, man. How are you? I am living the dream. <laughs> Um, after some uh, technical difficulties that we all experienced. I'm glad we're all here having this
1: conversation. Rob, how are you doing, bud? I am doing fantastic, man. Fantastic. Hey, it wouldn't be a Turtles podcast if we didn't have some tech issues. Yeah, for real. (laughs) So,
0: Ben, you've had... Probably, I mean, the entire world has had a pretty crazy 11 months, but you've probably had a really interesting um, 11 months with the pandemic and, and pre-pandemic with your workload. So we're going to get into some of that with questions and discussions about your work on Last Ronin. But I'd really just like to start with some foundational type stuff, some real easy stuff. So okay. the So the listeners at home can just get a feel for you if they're not already familiar with your work. So just two easy ones right off the bat. I want to ask you, how long have you been working in the comic book industry, and how long have you been a Ninja Turtles fan?
2: Well, I started uh, making my own comics when I was 11. Um, and that's about the same time I, I wrote to Marvel Comics asking for a job, but I was too little, I was too young. Um, so then I started, <laughs> I started self-publishing more and more, um, and then I would say my first real comic I self-published when I was eighteen. So that was like two thousand and uh eight, I think. Yeah. Around wow. two thousand and eight. I think it came out in two thousand eight.
0: I can't remember anymore. Yeah. So you so. you were a brave young dude just beating down Marble's door trying to get some work.
2: Yeah, I tried to get hired at eleven. They said I was too young and I needed to call it back when I graduated high school. Um uh, but they said to <laughs> Get older and get better. Um, so I got older not by choice, and I got better by, you know, practicing every day um, and making my own books and stories and getting them into people's hands and and having you know uh, oh, them check very, them out and. Very cool. Yeah. Here,
0: um, I can just imagine young Ben at eleven writing letters like, "Hire me, you cowards!"
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've still got the letter. They actually wrote me back,
0: back and all that, and so I,
2: I kept everything. I keep everything.
0: So to now transition from your start, your very, very early start in the comics industry. Mm -hmm. Some fans will know that you've done some Turtle stuff in the past. You've got your self-published stuff with the aggregate. You've got stuff that you did through Kickstarter with Kevin Eastman in the Drawing Blood series. Mm -hmm. But a lot of Turtle fans will know you more from stepping into the role of Last Ronin once the art team changes Happen with that was mm-hmm. what was that process like was it a, a quick and easy phone call or was there m- more to it um yeah so
2: anyone that um kind of knows about kevin and what he's up to or knows about me and what i've been up to is knows we've been working on that book drawing blood for quite some time we're uh, uh towards the you know the end of the second half actually of volume two now um, and so we were like deep into Volume Two of Drawing Blood, and I'm just working every day. And we would do, you know, uh, we'd often check up like every week or other week. Uh, me and David and Kevin, and and Kevin would fill us in on what's going on with Last Ronan at the same time because you know that book's been in the process long before um, the pandemic and and things like that. And um, yeah, it just looked like you know things that haven't really you know come out or or whatever people you know they have their own their own privacy and things but there was a re- uh like like andy wasn't going to be able to continue on the book basically and so it was coming out that you know things were falling behind because of um because of that you know news and so kevin was trying to figure out what to do and i think i said jokingly I said, well, if I wasn't so busy on Drawing Blood, I'd love to be a part of it. <laughs> and uh, I said, otherwise, you're on you're on your own. Good luck. Because he was scrambling. You know, he was like, oh, I got to find somebody. Because the clock was already ticking, you know, when that first deadline was put out there. It was with, you know, the original art team in mind, including um, a colorist. Um, I forget her name. Brittany Plaza, maybe, was the original um, colorist lined up. And, and just with everything that happened to the world, like, people just, you know, things changed. And they couldn't. Yeah. Um, As much as they may have wanted to be, you know, like things just for whatever reason, you know, everyone's schedules were were up in the air, and so so we were still trying to stick to that first deadline, or at least Kevin was, and he's scrambling, scrambling, and I think um, at one point I even I got a little bit more serious about my desire to be considered for it, and I uh, (laughs) Courtney was Courtney was egging me on, and she was like, you should do some samples for. Um, you know the main the main storyline too, not just the flashbacks. And I was like, okay, so I did I did these like um, pen and ink, very Dark Knight Rises style uh, samples because I was like, if Courtney's in my court, then then I might have a real
0: shot you it. You yeah, shot. you won <laughs> half the battle, maybe more. Yeah, yeah, I was like,
2: cause te- cause she always says she's the one who got me uh, the drawing blood job. She's the one who put the aggregate in front of Kevin and was like, what about Ben? And and so so I really think that uh, she's always. Out there pulling for me and so i was like okay so i did these really cool samples that um ultimately did not sway kevin um he really liked them and, and he's always so nice and so who knows what he really thought but but <laughs> it just, he just he totally 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 made the right call with with the brothers man like like knowing what he was searching for and then like seeing the way the scores of brothers draw I was like oh my gosh this is like exactly what kevin had in his head cuz he it wanted he wanted that like love letter to the dark knight you know yeah. um, just that edginess to it um the, an edginess that like kevin himself brings and there was a point where i was like kevin you should draw the whole damn thing
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, wow and he
2: and he was like i don't i don't, I don't know <laughs> but but no he didn't want it he had always had this vision of like these varying art styles and this bouncing between um, and then as you guys saw in the most recent issue, we really took a page out of Drawing Blood um, with Kevin having his own scene, right? Yeah. On the duo shade. Um, he was really psyched to tell me when um, he thought of doing that. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to do it just like we do in Drawing Blood. And I, and I felt it felt so amazing that like I was part of that conversation and part of like we decided on Drawing Blood how we were going to do it. And we decided all three of us, you know what I mean? So that that has now bled over into the turtle versus just like so nuts.
1: That That's incredible, too. And and we were talking about that in the last episode. I love that comparison to Drawing Blood, too, because I think Joshua Work and I said it a long time ago. Just the three different artists makes the mm-hmm. book feel so fresh and just, like.
2: Yeah. Uh, cool and rich. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in Drawing Blood, um, at first, like, any apprehension or whatever that, like, we were thinking about the whole idea, like. Um, because a lot of times when you see it in a comic, it's, it's out of necessity and it's like Marvel will switch, you know, halfway through your favorite issue and they'll just throw some, some guy who could get the pages done fast on there. And it like totally takes you away when they do that. Mm -hmm. And so right from the beginning with drawing blood, we were like, we're going to use, like art the way you're supposed to use art and we're going to like use it to tell the story the same way in a movie that yes, might be in black yes. and white and only the rose is red or something you know what I mean like and so we're always, always always thinking about that stuff and I know a lot of comic book people are always 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 thinking about that stuff but we just like like when we had to change colorists in drawing blood it was really like scary to me that people might not know which section they're in, like of time, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. cause everything is supposed to be so, so intentional. So, so I don't know. Yeah. We really just care a lot about that. And like Kevin is bringing that to every freaking line of this book. It's crazy. Like he, I think he even said, in, in one of the most recent interviews, oh, it was the Facebook live he did the other night where he tried to bring Tom in on an actual iPhone and he just held it in front of the camera. <laughs> that was uh, but he said, uh, he was like, yeah, it's all my fault. It's all my fault. And it's, of course, it's not all his fault, but he's talking about the delays and stuff. And it's because it's like so important to him that it's like a thousand percent perfect. And I love that.
1: I, I do too. And, and one thing I just want to add real quick is I, I'm so thankful that sometimes I have my head buried in the sand because I had no idea until I actually read the book that Kevin was going to draw on it too. So when I flipped the page mm. for the first time, you know, I saw his artwork it completely in black and white and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, so it was just mm-hmm. that it, you say, you know, it was an artistic choice and man, it just hit. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. It just it hit me in, in a way that just reminded me of the old days of, with Turtles books. But like we said all throughout the last episode, it's got such a like a new storytelling kind of technique, but it feels like an old book. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that's what I love about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was psyched when he told me about it. Cause he had originally told me, um, you know, when he, when he, when we we're, you know, going back to, okay, you're now on board with this. And, and, um, you know, from a drawing blood perspective, he, you know, he talked to David, he made sure it was cool with David. And then we reached out to all the backers and, and we let everyone know, like, we'd be idiots to not do this together. You know, we can ride this, this thing after to whatever we, want with drawing blood, hopefully. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. hey, let's get a cartoon. Let's get it like this. Like we're gonna try and a toy know, line. Really capitalize. <laughs> yeah, the fact that everyone's looking right now, you know. And so it's it's like it's just too important to not do. Um and so I kind of forget where I was going with that. But he was telling me, oh yeah, he was telling me he's like, oh, for we're on issue one, you know, we're only gonna have one page. And I was like, oh that's okay. That's really exciting. Oh it's first that's the first page I ever drew all four turtles on the inside of a book. Oh keeping so nice. that page forever. Yeah yeah so um and then as you saw in issue two i got to do it one more time on one page um only on one page so i don't know what i'm doing with that one yet but uh uh but yeah he told me he goes oh you're gonna have i think 15 pages in uh, in issue two the brothers will have 10 and he's like and i'll have five and i was like say what <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he was
2: like yeah i had this idea pull from drawing blood and do this thing and i was like, like Training montage, and he's like, "Yeah." and I was like, "Oh my god, they're gonna go like." I just like he he. I think he runs it past me because I'm such like a sounding board for the fan base because I am it, and I'm just like, "Yes." <laughs> uh, and and even some of the script stuff, like I'm not that nervous about spilling too many beans because for the most part, he gives it to me in uh, dribs and drabs, and and so like I know bits and pieces of what's coming, but I don't know everything.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: Um, which is exciting for me, and I like it like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, we'll, we'll definitely touch on some of the things you just mentioned as we go along. Mm-hmm. I've definitely got questions that cover a bit of that, but I do want to touch on something you said about the, the art as a storytelling device. Cause To your point, man, I really, really dislike when you know you're going through a book and halfway through the art changes and it just pulls you right out of the story. If you know the stuff doesn't match up well, and so Mm -hmm. I love when teams use it to tell the story. So like you handling flashbacks of a certain time, and Kevin having his little flashback, Mm -hmm. and then the scores of brothers doing all the modern stuff. Like, absolutely love that you guys figured that out. And Mm -hmm. I guess the maybe a little behind the scenes question this isn't too big of a deal but was do you know if andy coon was done with the first book or was most of the way through the first book like does a does a copy of maybe not a copy of it but does a last ronin issue one exist in the andy coon universe
2: i don't know how much um andy got through and like didn't didn't share or wasn't shared with me anyway Mm -hmm. um but but I do, um, obviously, of course, what's in the the sampler, the ash can there. I don't know how many pages that is. Do you guys? I think it's uh, like four or five. Four or five. I, I'm not sure that it's too much beyond that. Uh, but I'm not positive. Um, cool. And I, and I should go on record. I think I already have. And so is Tom. We spent like a whole day going on record when... I think it was Bleeding Cool or Comic Book News or something came out and said that like Andy left the book because or was fired from the book because of poor reception to his art, like by oh, like. Man, I saw that the biggest load of not true. Like, please tell everyone in the world is so not true. Andy's work was perfect for this book as well. It was that same like crunchy Dark Knight style. Mm-hmm. I was so looking to it. like, no doubt about it. Everybody wanted that to happen. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
0: Absolutely, and it's just
2: you know the world it's like without getting into anyone's personal stuff it's, everybody went through a thousand personal things like you know
0: yeah so no man i i saw some somebody reports something similar i actually think it's mm-hmm. uh if you go on key collector comics they they have there on the last ronin like you know artist team changed because of poor reception and i was just like the team has come out and explicitly said that that's not the case yeah um
2: so definitely,
0: care. yeah, a lot totally. Of these
2: folks oh. Don't care. I hate that. But, uh, but yeah. Anyways, yeah, that's. And he's and he's great. It would it would be amazing. Like if he. That's why when you mentioned that, it like got me thinking. Like, holy crap, what if? What if he just did it anyway? Like, and he did the whole first issue, and he's got right. it at home. Like, if I was Andy, I would have done that. I would have done right. the whole thing. And been like, oh yeah, well, this is gonna be a Bish Air Kids Club exclusive now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, nah, man, it'd be cool to know that uh, Andy Kuhn just had like a, a vault somewhere with, you know, 48 pages of Last Ronin and it's just for him. So, yeah. But yeah, man. So as a uh, like you said, as a Turtles fan, what's yeah. it like working on a Turtle story like this? You know, something that is dreamed up by Peter Laird 30 plus years ago, Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz, basically the, the modern day architects of the turtles universe writing it kevin he's been working on layouts you know what what's it like to be part of this team and what's it mean to you as a fan and as a professional comic creator it's
2: it's wacky it's hard like i'm so in the moment right now i'm the biggest like i'm fanboying out of the whole experience honestly like um and it's been these i don't want to say baby steps but it's been the definite transition you know like i felt this way obviously when kevin and i first connected and um and we were starting to work on drawing blood together in our own intellectual properties and you know and things like that and and it it was so cool and then so now and then Target R, of course, we did the rap story, which really felt like, oh, now I finally hmm. like am on Turtles. But once that was over, it was kind of like, OK, that itch was scratched for a bit. Like, I still love Turtles, but I've got like so much work to do. <laughs> I got <laughs> right. I got aggregate book two. I got drawing blood book two and probably three following very soon. And so I was just like, oh, man, like it's not even on my radar. And so and it wasn't, you know, Kevin wasn't even going to dangle it in front of me. And and so you know, he had uh, in his mind the type of artist that he wanted for, you know, the main future and things like that. And he knew I was I was well busy. So so when it finally happened, it it kind of felt like, OK, well, I'm, I I just got to, like, you know, get to work and help help make this happen because everything is so behind right now. And and I didn't really like kind of feel a switch or anything. And then especially after issue one came out, like my name wasn't even on the cover Cause I just had the one page and, and it didn't really feel like this big thing, but obviously now um, with issue two and like the crazy Raphael stuff, right? Uh Everyone is like, Whoa. And, and it's nice that like, you know, it got, got the name on the cover and things like that. And so it's getting the cred like the pages are getting credited to the right people, which is perfect because now Kevin has his own section too. And so really it's like, okay, this is going to be a big, cool, creative, like weird book where there's, you know, three different art styles and and different timelines, and you know, it's going to be. I mean, it is already, but it's it. I I can confidently say every issue is going to top the last from everything I know about it.
0: Nice, dude. Good to hear. Um, mm-hmm. do you do you know if Kevin is going to have tidbits in every issue, or is that are we tap dancing on spoiler territory right there?
2: Yeah, I don't know for certain, um, and okay. I also don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I know he said um, already publicly that he'd really like to, and he's looking for ways um, to make that happen for sure. Um, but man, it's it's late. Sorry, I didn't even get to the point of your question, which was like, how does it feel as a turtle fan? Right? Uh, crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like uh, it's nuts. Yeah, it's it's just insane. I just thought the other day because I was watching like a, a YouTube review. I I don't know if this was on uh, record or not, but I was I was telling Rob like i had to tell my wife i was like you gotta stop me i I like watch reviews all for like three days i was just like (laughs) listening stuff because i was like is it any good is it any good am i crazy because like in a lot of ways i don't know like doing your self-published stuff sure you have your own fans and stuff and people that will support you and and then you know you kevin comes along and he really likes your stuff and he you know, takes you under a swing and he's like, let's do this drawing blood book together. I'm like, okay. And so then, you know, you have a lot of people that are like, oh, okay, well Kevin likes him, so I like him. I'm like, okay, okay. Um, but like I like I've done, like I did over a hundred free pages as like samples for Marvel, like over the past decade or two or whatever. And like and just trying to like stand in line at conventions with your portfolio and do all this stuff and like trying to go to school and school didn't work and trying to get hired at eleven, eleven didn't and that didn't work. And like and so to just like watch videos where like universally everyone agrees like that entire scene is badass yeah. and they're happy with it and i'm just like whoa well, okay like now i feel like i can just get to work i don't have to worry about it as much and i'm just like yeah let's just like make this awesome <laughs> i don't know it's it's weird but feels good for sure
0: it's it's good to hear that as a fan you're hyped to be working on and it. it's good to know oh, yeah. you know we've talked about before people working on these things that actually care about it and that it means something to them. So Mm -hmm. knowing that you bring that to the story, it's just got to be, I mean, years ago, I did an interview with Kevin for this website that I write for. And even that was like, holy cow, I can't believe I'm about to, you know, stand in a room with this guy for a few hours and talk to him about turtles. And Mm -hmm. so for somebody like you, who was telling Marvel to give you a job at 11, to now be doing doing this book with Kevin Eastman himself and having the whole world go, Hey man, you're killing it. It's gotta be kind of a cool not even kind of a cool. It's gotta be just a really cool feeling and be like, Hey, well, I don't need that marble gig because I'm doing turtles. But Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot of like, you know, even
2: with those, you know, your portfolio submissions or whatever, they're like, work on this, work on this and come back next year. And you know, you can always get better, no doubt. And I and I wasn't ready back in uh 2011 when i first started talking to them but but it's like now i know like yeah i can get better but to the general public like this passes as good comic like one of <laughs> yeah. the reviews i listened to today like just i was drawing pages for issue three and i was like i gotta pump myself up a little bit and i like started <laughs> listening to another review and i and i found the timestamp, and i sent it to my wife and i was like go to 1833 in this one and the guy was like look look at this art he's like it's like, look at that red moon, and you got electric Karai. He's like, what? He's like, why can't this guy be drawing Marvel books? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. like, I don't even want to right now. Like, if they asked me, I'd be like, I'm, I can't.
0: I can't. I'm too busy. <laughs> you so know? It's a good problem to have, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's also a good problem to have knowing the information that last Ronin Is the biggest book that IDW has ever published. Uh, Issue two specifically, 130,000 copies. There's probably a lot of Marvel books that are not moving 130,000 copies this year. So, does knowing now that the book is as big as it is and could, could possibly be bigger, does that add to the pressure? Has, like, what's that taking on something so huge? does it make you feel a little bit worried or because since you're doing it with Kevin and you guys already have that rapport is the hugeness, if you will, of this book, is it a little easier? Hmm.
2: I don't know how everyone else feels about it. Um, but for me, I'm looking at it at least today and yesterday when I was drawing pages for number three, like, okay, like you're like everyone's Louis delgado said this to me actually he was the he's the colorist and i sent him the page and i was like hey man i don't know if you've seen but just so you know everyone's loving what you're doing with the colors because like so many people i think you guys even picked up on like the different things he's doing to differentiate like the flashbacks and stuff which is all 1000 percent intentional and like even when i was like hey that looks kind of funky he's like trust me and like everyone loves (laughs) it and so i said hey man just so you know like everyone's loving what you did and i don't know if you've seen that and he's like yeah, he's like, but now the pressure's on, everyone's watching. So, like, I think that I'm kind of coming at it um, with the same vibe where it's, like, not necessarily the pressure's on, but, like, okay, now everyone's watching, so let's, like, make it really, really good, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I and I know that I can. I just – I have to really, like, focus on it, you know, because I want it to be – we were doing it on the last one. Um, I don't know how insider baseball this is, or, <laughs> but, like – we would like me and Louise would be going back and forth on some pages and not arguing at all. Just like, Oh, I just saw like, I, there's an eraser spec on Karai's chin. Can you please take that out? I'm so sorry. (laughs) Like things like that. You have to make him (laughs) dig up the file to take it out and like the most tiny, tiny stuff. But um, Kevin is kind of the same way. And and we both come from, you know, doing it ourselves and self-publishing. And it's like, and especially like coming off the heels of drawing blood where I had like ultimate control. Like, where we were designing and stuff. And if, if uh, David had ultimate control, Kevin, had, like everyone had ultimate control, if they didn't like something, they'd say something, we would fix it and it would change. And so I was like, this book is gonna be forever. And if it's as big as we want it to be, like Kevin's like, you know, he wants it like to, people are talking about, I'm not gonna say it, you know, but like the a big comic book that lasts forever, you know, I was like, I don't want to have any panel that like, I regret or like, oh, we could have done that better if I just wasn't so timid in the email that day. And so now it's like, <laughs> Louise is like, I'm sending you high res previews because you're the only artist I ever worked in who zooms into my like sam- my preview pages <laughs> and things like that. And I'm like, thank you, thank you, because I'll I'll be like, oh no, that's actually blood, that's spit, that's blood, that's spit, like, <laughs> like that, like, like. And he doesn't know. How could he know? It's just line right. art, you know what I mean? And so, so we're we're doing all this fun stuff where we're learning to, uh, to really you know work with each other well, like just file stuff. And and I always sent him a layer like towards the end of uh, that, that rap scene, I guess we're in spoiler territory, right? Uh, towards the end of that rap scene, I, I was sending him a whole layer in the Photoshop file where I would um, color in the red, the red blood. So he knew what was blood and what wasn't because <laughs> there was so, there, so much of it. There was plenty
0: of blood to uh, differentiate yeah. from in those pages.
2: Yeah. There's going to be uh, lots
0: of stories about that
2: blood, like on um, panels and stuff, as far as like too much, too little how do we fight
0: for what yada 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 but we can get into that any day (laughs) you know i i just think stuff like that is cool because knowing that you have such a i don't know if the word symbiotic is the right word but that you're actually working with the colorist to help do Mm -hmm. things like that again it just shows another level of care that you guys are putting into it. And that's the type of stuff that makes books last forever. You know, this is a huge event for Turtles Comics. It's a huge event for IDW. It's a big thing for Kevin. You know, something I was talking to my my buddy Aaron at my local shop that I, that, you know, I'm a regular at is that mm-hmm. this is kind of a, a really big full circle kind of thing for Kevin where you know he started Turtles with this kind of gritty edgy martial arts revenge story and then it blew up into this giant you know basically kids franchise and so mm-hmm. now here we are 30 plus years later and it's returning in arguably the most hardcore way to its roots mm-hmm. and it's got to be big for him it's got to be big for you um oh, yeah. big for the Escorza brothers like do you do you feel like this will end up being maybe a a launching point for your career? Like, not that you haven't done anything, you know, successful or important up to this point, but do you feel like this might be the thing that takes you to the next level?
2: Uh, yeah, I think so, for sure. I mean, it only occurred to me, like, after watching 300 reviews, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I saw, I saw, like, one screenshot where the person had, you know, he was complimenting how well, like, Louise and the writers, like, get you through all, um, timelines essentially with ease like you don't even bat an eye it's, and yeah. and he had all three right on the screen and I was like whoa, well, I'm one of three artists on like the biggest turtle book of all time and I was like that's going to be crazy when this is all said and done I think I hope you know I, I what I was going to say when I was like oh I'm going to say it anyway I didn't say it but uh, I was <laughs> going to say I just hope like you know everybody gets recognized you know what I mean like we're yeah. all and, and I'm you know I'm including myself but I don't need to or but I mean like everybody is just like putting it so freaking much like right down to editing lettering and publish everything like everybody cares so much and it's really cool how much everybody who's picking it up and reading it cares so much and I've, I've seen videos where they're putting like music to the scenes and stuff and um, it's just so cool and um, and I do like I think you guys have already said a handful of times like I don't think you said take as long as you need, but you said something about like the delays, even making it better somehow. (laughs) And and, Yeah. yeah, like nobody wants delays, trust me. But basically I think that a lot of people are under the impression, like it was all like in the can and we're just like holding it out to keep people chomping at the bit. But this is one of the rare occasions where the comic, like we're starting three, when two hits, you know, and then we're, And then at three comes out and then we like rest for a minute and then we start the next one. And, and that's just the way this, this schedule is going because of 2020. And, um, and it's crazy. Like usually on a series like this, of five issues, like you might not release, you might not even release issue one until you've got three done. Um, so you have that kind of bumper. And I think that that was the original plan of course, um, before all the switcheroos and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's a good thing though, like because we're getting that excitement as yeah. we're drawing it. You know, like I was listening to reviews of two while I was drawing three. So that's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it also, like you said, not not too many books nowadays are made like that. Like a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff is already done and ready to be drawn, or just ready to be colored, or ready to be lettered. So it's probably in in a roundabout way, it's probably beneficial for you guys to be seeing you know what's landing what's working with people Mm -hmm. what what's more successful and not that you're going to go back and change anything but Mm -hmm. if you could it it does give you the time to do so like not that you would change the story or change the main like idea of this thing but Mm -hmm. that you could go back and edit some of the art or some of the colors or shift some of the like speech bubbles around it's an interesting idea to be able to Work on this one book at a time with the lead time that you guys have while also mm-hmm. being under a little bit of pressure because, you know, this thing was delayed a couple times. So but like we said in the last episode, it looks like the looks like the planned release now is every few months. So it's mm-hmm. quarterly, essentially. So,
2: yeah, we're, um, we're feeling really good about the next date. Um, so unless something crazy happens, um, I think it's going to be all good. Cool.
0: Third, third times a charm, just like our uh, podcast here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly. true. Exactly. Um. So, as you said earlier, we're we're going to get into some spoiler stuff here, and I don't think anybody's listening to this podcast that hasn't already read the book. But yeah, um, I hope just
1: not.
0: In, yeah, just in case you are, now's the time to turn off and go read the book. But mm-hmm. do you remember Ben when? I guess basically when you got the information about what stuff you were going to be working on in the book, you know, handling the flashbacks and that you were going to be responsible for the turtles deaths. Was that exciting or was that just dreadful for you? You know, it's not every day somebody gets to kill Ninja Turtles. So, yeah, I think my
2: like uh, entrepreneurial, like, (laughs) and comic book driven artist guy inside of me was just so excited he didn't have time to think about like what that actually meant he was right. like yeah this is gonna be a huge job this is gonna be amazing for me like this is gonna be so cool <laughs> right. and then and I was like wait a minute um so it's kind of full circle for me because my very 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 first book when I was in third grade um I bring it to all the school I go to schools and I, I tell kids about like my journey and making comics and you can do anything, even if Marvel won't hire you at 11. Kind of <laughs> Very, cool. Very cool. And uh, the first book I show, which kind of transitions from just like doodling to actually making stories that people can hold and read and take out of the library is a book called turtles. And, uh, and it's the sad, but true story of the 17 turtles I had that lived in my sandbox in the various ways in which they all died. Um, <laughs> and so my first book is about all these turtles that died. And within the actual book, it says. My turtle Michelangelo, my turtle Leonardo, my Aww. brother's turtle April Donatello. And so, yeah. like, now I'm on this book and and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is fate. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was destined to do this.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it sounds like you're an experienced turtle killer
2: for sure. Yes,
0: I am. No I know man what for the I'm job. doing.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Um, I am the the last Oroku. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, Well, you know, that that gets me to my next question, because, you know, speaking of Turtles deaths, you went ahead and you killed my favorite turtle midway through issue two. Uh, So why'd you do that? (laughs) Uh, I I was told to.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Evan Eastman had a gun to my head. Yeah, Um, that also felt very, like, cathartic and like, really full circle for me like because the raft target r story was such a big deal for me and like coming on to idw with that with kevin that was my first time doing any turtle interiors and you must have seen some similarities there with the underwater stuff um and the size sinking is exactly like page one of target r with raft sinking um and i don't know how much of that was intentional or if like when Kevin thinks about Raph he thinks about him sinking in water or something. <laughs> but um but like it felt like a bookend to that. Like I a lot of people are talking about, you know, like uh you know which uh universe is this? Is this Mirage? Is this IDW? Is it uh movie? Yada yada. I like to think, at least I know when I drew it, that that rap is the target art raph, no doubt. That's the way I view it. And that's why he's so damn angry. Because I <laughs> I can no longer pitch Target R as this is the angriest rafts ever been like cuz now with the uh, last run and 2, I would say that that beats it. But yeah, so uh we I knew he was first to fall and then I I thought it was a pretty good idea because you know, he's so many people's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I think he was also most people's first guess for who the ronin was probably. Probably um, their fo- their first most obvious guess maybe. Um like, well I bet it's rap, but it should be yada yada. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know um how I felt about it. It it was definitely emotional. Uh when I post the originals, like once the spoiler ban has lifted, you can see I write in the margins a lot when I drop pages and I was really writing a lot that day. I like drew a little gravestone and I wrote down his time of death. Um oh, I, I can actually share the time of death with you guys. It'll be an exclusive
0: Oh, here um, we go. You heard yeah, it here first, listeners.
2: Story yeah so Raphael's time of death was it was on um 12 31 20 the very last day of the worst year uh and it was 4 or 5 p.m on new year's eve 2020 so
0: wow wow yep um so you're you're literally ben you're twisting the in deeper new (laughs) year's eve is my birthday oh Oh my gosh (laughs) that's fate again (laughs) So yeah, uh thanks for such a great uh birthday gift, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's right like when it happened <laughs> uh, but no that's that's awesome to awesome to see, man, and awesome to hear oh, do you oh, you,
2: guys, you guys mentioned uh I don't know if you're going to bring it up later, but you guys were the ones who mentioned the toy, right the
0: yeah, yeah, the pizza slice
2: dagger oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> So as soon as you guys said that, I was like, yes, success. Because when I throw in like, you know, inside, I'm a fan, nerdy, things like that, <laughs> if they don't land, I'm like, oh, man. But they always do. And so yeah. so for that one, I was like, this accessory, and I was telling my wife about it, and she couldn't care less. And I was like, this <laughs> came with every turtle figure. And like, I never knew whose it was or how you're supposed to use it or anything about it. And so when Kevin and I were Designing Raph's like cool tactical look, I just put it on his leg. I had no idea where <laughs> it would end up later. But I, I, put, I put it on his leg merely for design because I'd always liked that. And then when we got to such and such scene, you know, towards the end there with him in the thumbnails and in the script, it was always like um, cry pulls out a blade, you know, from her belt. And just the way that they were hugging and positioned, it just like, boom, it like hit me. And I was like, "Kevin, like, tell me what you think about this." And I was like, "She grabs his own weapon."
1: And then I was like, "And I love it." And
2: I told him about like the toy and all that. And he's like, "It's perfect, to it. <laughs> so, nice.
1: so, like,
2: that's that's where that came from. Um, yeah, and yeah, I was so happy for that because I just had gotten also like those uh, Super Seven TMNT Ultimates, and they all come with that. And I was yep. like, there it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course, yep. I, I changed the handle a little bit, but you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got to do what you got to do with the artistic yeah. liberties every once in a while. When when I was a kid, I literally just thought that somebody was like, oh, the turtles like pizza. Let's just make them a knife shaped like pizza. Yes. I it thought that sh- too. I know I did. I mean, it, whatever works, but now it's, you know, been the the demise of my favorite turtles. So it was now you're going to hate that too. I was going
1: to say, I'm going (laughs) to get rid of every single one of my plastic toys, the accessories. (laughs)
0: I'm never going to look at the pizza slice dagger the same.
1: (laughs) Um, Well, Ben, uh, can I, can I uh, just tag off of that real quick? Um, You were saying uh, the other day I was talking to you and you said that you and and, uh, Eastman really worked on, the layouts for that fight scene, you know, the epic fight scene. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, we, we're spoiling some stuff here, but how does that work? Do you come up with most of it and then check in with Kevin and say, Hey, what do you think? Or is he the one that comes up with most of the design of the actual fight? And then mm-hmm. you know, how does oh, that no, go it's, down? It's, it's, it's totally Kevin. And that's why this book feels
2: Mirage, you know, is because it's so him. Um, he's, he's laying out every single page and I can't wait for people to see the director's cuts. Um, and he laid out the pages on um, Target R, too. And I think, like, you know, for me as an artist, like, looking at both side to side, it's like, I work so much better with that process now than I did then. Um, and it was a little while ago, of course, too. But, but like, I'm so much, like, more comfortable with that process. Because what happens is, um, you know, the writing process between him and Tom, and um, similar to the ongoing, build, you know, brainstorm with Bobby and, and talk about ideas and, and then Tom will go off do the script, and then get it back to Kevin, and then they go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, until the book is done. Uh, but Kevin does uh, Kevin does these sketchbook um, layouts, like you've probably seen in so many of his different books, like right in the bound sketchbook. Um, and he would do them for every single page. And and you know Kevin's style, and so you compare that to my style. And so if he plots out like one of those big panels, you know those uh, that that few pages that each page had two big panels yeah Mm -hmm. um those were like putting together a puzzle because kevin would have his sketch and his layout of you know what's going you know the angle the view the distance the camera is away from whatever's happening yada yada but like the way he draws human proportions or turtle turtle proportions even are, are wildly different from the way i do wildly different from the way you know Bob does down the street you know what I mean like and so yeah so on a panel like there's one where um they're really up close on rap and electric or uh rap and cry it's one of the very very last (laughs) ones. and uh and it's they're just side by side and it looks like they're just kind of frozen in, in midair and he's stabbing her through the arm she's slicing him under his arm but he's also blocking it with one side meanwhile her other arm has a sword coming around his head which is like poking through but but he's also shoving that off somehow i believe and so it's like putting together like this huge like choreographed thing um and when you nail it like when i finally get it like it's like oh my god like it worked it, it's <laughs> like it's like it's just it's so cool when it finally happens but you're looking at it and you look at it in like a sketch that's wildly different from the way you draw and it's daunting and you, and you want to do it right you know and you not just right, like I want to do right by Kevin, um, but I want it to look good. You know, I I could be right by Kevin all day long. And and if I disagreed that, you know, it didn't look as good as it could, I would say so. And I would and I'd be like, what do you think about this? And Kevin is always receptive to it. I I swear to you, there hasn't been a single page of drawing blood that either David or Kevin have gave me notes on. It's crazy. Like they're just like, yep, you read our mind. Like we just like know each other it's good
1: well i think it really shines through man for sure how long does it even take you to draw a page like that like just just pick one of the pages in the fight scene how long does that take for crying out loud yeah well i was
2: just talking about this to my wife actually because i I just jumped back into number three um after you know a bit of a break because it's been being worked on by people above the line from me and um and i just started writing times on the pages like like when I did with RAF <laughs> and uh, and so I found that for the most part for a final, like once the rough is done and, and all that's figured out that's a whole nother monster but for either a rough or a final, um, rough I do on the on the tablet digitally where you can like blow things up, spin it around, flip it, reverse it, delete it, um, use 500 layers until you get it right and then I'll, I'll print that out, put it on my desk and light box it onto like a real live sheet of paper um, and I'll draw the the final as an original piece um, and both both of those steps seem to take just about six hours on a good day so so it's pretty much one a day you know um, if I woke up early enough and you know the day deadline was upon us you can do two because I used to in my younger years I would do 12 hour drawing days now I'm closer to seven or eight
1: jeez i was yeah. trucking it though man my goodness you, you get a lot done in that that amount of time my goodness
2: yeah i was actually really happy with the six uh hour number when i realized i was like oh that's not that bad i'd, I'd love four <laughs> if i <laughs> can get to four <laughs> that
0: would be good well do you, to to piggyback off of all this stuff about the workflow do you is it any more or less difficult doing A book where you know certain pages are being handled by somebody else and then you're handling certain pages and you know back and forth and and then the you know kevin doing the layouts is that how does all that affect you you know while you're waiting to get to your part of the process
2: yeah it's been really interesting i was i was wondering like how that would all shake out even back on target art like i was like oh is this going to save me time on my route um and I, it does, it saves a lot of thinking and like planning the scenes and like planning the angles and the distances. Cause I have a starting point of like, okay, best case scenario, I get this exactly like Kevin had in mind, you know what I mean? And then I kind of hammer through the scene and, and anything that I can do, like, like once I throw in a real, a real background, instead of just like an implied, you know, sketch, we're in a city here, you know, like where do those lines fall and how does that bring your eye through the panel? And so things tend to shift. And so there's still like a lot to a lot to do um within my pencils or my rough um so it doesn't save me like half the process which would be awesome if it did um, <laughs> but it saves me it definitely i would say it shaves off at at least a few hours like of just thinking time and especially if it's like a hard day and i just like can't think like writer's block it's the same exact kind of thing Like, right? so i'm glad that that's kind of out of the way but i think also that's like what kevin is grappling with every single day as he's balancing you know all the other stuff he does too he's like how do i how do i plan this thing what do i want it to look like because everyone's gonna follow my lead down the line and it's like so it's an immense amount of pressure i'm sure he's it's crazy he's holding it together
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know it it's definitely again as a as a reader it's cool to see and as a fan it's cool to see that kind of throwback vibe with you know, Kevin's layouts, but then you're obviously not very throwback art. Mm -hmm. Did you, with him going for, you know, the kind of Dark Knight Rises, Daredevil type of vibe, uh, or excuse me, Dark Knight Returns, trying to get a story like that with an edge like that, did do any of those books resonate with you, or those big for your comic journey? Do you have anything that you can point back to that was like, oh, this is the story that you know made me want to do this? Yeah. So for Kevin
2: and I both, we like it was almost like Jinx. Um, we said at the same time who we thought you know I should be looking at, and it was uh, David Mazuchelli, you know, Batman Year One and and Daredevil, uh, okay. the Frank the Frank Miller one. Um I don't know if you know his work. You have probably seen Batman Year 1. Mm-hmm. Uh um, De- definitely seen. And, and then the Frank Miller Daredevil um I think Meschelli was the artist on that. I have the big artist edition, but it's like it's just awesome. I and I could never <laughs> even come close. <laughs> but like I told him I was like, "Okay, uh well this guy uses like a lot of brushes and ink. And I use a 0.5 mechanical pencil for everything. Like, <laughs> all, all my pages are just 0.5 mechanical pencil just knowing anywhere. And, and I'm like, this is a big brush guy. Like it's very different, but the things I took from it are paramount. And it's just like, you know, large black areas, large white areas, and just like the movement. And, and most of all, and I think this is like the main reason I get hired for everything. Kevin hires me for or involves me with is the emotions like I my first book was a 300 page love story about the first cave painter ever (laughs) and like and it was yeah Nathan the caveman and it's um it's all in the faces it's all emotion Uh, and so I think that I brought that or I, I tried to bring it to to issue two um and I think we saw a lot of that in the Matticelli stuff too and and he was like look at the faces look at the characters look at the emotion and so I was focusing on that, and and meanwhile, like they're very much focused on, you know, everything else. Miller and everything else. At this point, we're we're referencing Eastman and Laird, like and yeah. that's what's great about it. You know, like I get to reference my heroes the same way that he in issue one and Pete were referencing their heroes, except I went ahead and and drew them into it. Like, <laughs> I, so originally that was like in one of his thumbnails. Like he had the joke in there, you know, because it is, this is a dark book. And like Tom's tweet that he shared, he was like, when I saw this, you know, it's it, it leans pretty dark. So this put a smile on my face. He had a joke in there so they know, like Kevin knows where he wants the beats. And I was like, this just feels right to me. And, and I was like, they need to be eating pizza on the subway. And it needs to be yes. like the old school look, like the Shane Bookman mustache, the, my, my, you know, the fro. And, uh and so i did it and kevin was just like "Ah, i love it and i was like cool (laughs) good i I wasn't sure and then i was like glasses were perfect too the what uh pete's glasses glasses.
1: were perfect too yeah (laughs) yeah
2: Yeah, i i was really happy with that i hate doing likeness um and we do it all the time with drawing blood because it's like great to get the backers involved you know do you want to be in the book but like i feel like i'm so bad at it and i feel like that one just like Something else was moving my hand. I was like, this is going to be good. I'll That's just awesome. do it. Uh, and I'm glad it's like what a lot of people are talking about. They really like it too. And they needed something, you know, I wanted something. And Kevin would never do it himself. Like, even if he had thought about it in that moment, he wouldn't have put it in because, I don't know, cameo yourself. I do. I do. I put myself on the next stage, I think. Um, <laughs> Yes,
1: I saw you. I saw you. <laughs> we did
0: notice that yeah but
2: but um yeah you might you may or may not see mr david Avalone before this story wraps
0: <laughs> all right i'll keep an eye out i think what you said about the face stuff is really important man because in a yeah in a book with characters like the turtles who have been around for such a long time and they've been drawn so many different ways there's so many great renditions of the turtles though i to me personally the thing that really sets good turtle artists from the not as good turtle artist is facial expressions and being able to read those guys and get the personality from their faces you know it's kind of since since the 2012 show maybe a little bit before that i don't know if anybody else did this before but the 2012 cartoon show kind of used the turtles bodies to differentiate them you know donnie is t- taller and skinny raf is kind of shorter and more muscular so on and so forth mikey's the shortest but not everybody does that so when you can really just see in their faces like if you could strip all the gear and all the weapons away and still tell by you know their facial expressions which turtle is which i think you know people are nailing it and so i think what you brought to issue two it obviously was a lot of mad faces from Raphael, um and you got those mm. um, but you also had to do a lot of really serious emotional work with the you know interrupting the dinner scene yeah where mm. we where we saw everybody we saw a beat up splinter we saw a, a bummed out michelangelo and a donatello that was basically in shock and yeah. leonardo in a trench coat um you know and I'm- so I'm, oh, so with all,
2: with, I'm so happy with all I'm so happy with all those spaces, like those pages were some like the best times of my life, like I literally wrote in the margins on some of those, like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm drawing this like it was nuts. um I was like, I have pages with i have one page i have many I have a few pages, I think with like all four Turtles, Splinter, Casey, and April. oh my like, yeah, what the heck, like it's now I'm looking at the rest of the series and I'm like, well, that probably won't happen again, will it like. <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, man. I'm glad that that resonated. I I, I feel like I finally like I, I I liked my turtles, you know, before I did this book. And then um I did the page for issue one and I don't know, as you were saying about like being able to tell who's who without any gear, without any stuff. Like that was kind of my goal there. Like we wanted to strip away on that issue one page that that one real quick sequence, strip away the straps and the belts and things and and, but at the same time, it was like, I don't draw the turtles like all the same, you know. Donnie's got like a narrower, tall head, like cap of a toothbrush, uh, toothpaste thing or something. And like he's <laughs> taller. And he's got the wider, you know, very, very movie style head. And, and like, and so I have like my ways of doing it, but I had to, I, I had to reel it in a little bit so that it was a little bit more ambiguous. And also, Kevin um, pointed to, some of the covers I'd done uh, my macro series connecting covers and my sin city last running cover with the red sun, which yeah, believe it or not, the covers were done before I drew my page. Uh, And he was like this, like this is the, this edginess, like this hard hardness to your turtles, like more so than like the fun loving. Um, And I feel like it just clicked. Like, I feel like my turtles changed like right then, like on that page where Mikey's like having his, near death and I was yeah. like well okay now I found it and now I'm just like loose man I'm gonna go nuts on these issues I can't wait
1: well you know that's another thing once again going back to my head being buried in the sand because I in the first issue I didn't know you were you had drawn a page in the book until I saw it oh, and I was really? like that's Ben Bishop's art I know that art and uh, <laughs> I saw it and I love the way it was laid out I wish I had it in front of me but I remember it had almost like a blurry kind of uh, yeah. outline to it and I just remember it being such a touching scene. And so for that one page that you did get in the first one, buddy, you made that count and that, that just, man, I was super happy with that. Oh, me too. Like that. I wish I could get an original of that page. Oh, well, uh, maybe
2: you'll get one in your Bichard kids club. Box oh my God. <laughs> uh, that
1: would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. I was really, really
2: happy with how that was received. And also how like people were like, what is it? You know, is, is he dead? Is it a hallucination? Is, was well, he dreaming before? Is he dreaming now? Uh, is it a flashback? You know, like, and people are still wondering, and uh, I think it's pretty cool.
1: You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of one of my favorite endings of The Walking Dead, and I don't even remember who the character was, but I remember he was, was a beloved character in the series, and he, he dies,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he's in the backseat of the car, and he's looking, up front at, uh, or he's looking up front at all the other characters that had, had died. And it just, I don't oh, know. I remember, was, I
2: remember that. I can't remember yeah, who it is. Either, but yeah, that's but
1: it, just, like, it was such a sweet kind of poetic ending to it. And it just <laughs> reminded me of that one page that you had in issue one. Mm-hmm. And uh, real quick to go back to your uh, emotions here. So in your first page in this one, oh, my gosh. First of all, I love your design of April. I like her hair. Oh, uh, thanks. Um, that's what my wife said, too. Ooh, I like her hair. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she, she's, she's awesome looking. Very punk rocky. I like it. <laughs> But also, you know, just the emotions you see in her face. Like, the first thing you see is her holding Splinter. And I love this scene where Splinter's, you know, just laid out here, mm-hmm. and she goes, oh, this is bad. I-, I loved what you did here with all the facial expressions. Casey's, mm-hmm. Michelangelo holding Splinter's hand, and just how sad he looks. Like, he already knows. Mm-hmm. Splinter's probably not going to pull through with this one.
2: And um, I kid you not, that was like that was emotional draw, all of them. And I'm sitting there for six hours, man. (laughs)
1: So like, yeah,
2: like, like, yeah, it's crazy. And, And like when, and when I'm doing the rough is when it's like really exciting. Cause that's when it's from zero to something like it's blank, you know? And so when I'm coming up with, and like that, that vertical splinter panel, like there was, I didn't even take a reference of anything. Like I was just like, this is what I want it to look like. And it was, I felt like a computer like printing it because it was, it just like came out i was like what the hell and when like splinters <laughs> hand hand was like the perfect size to hold one of mikey's fingers i was like that's heartbreaking Ugh. that's heartbreaking and i'm gonna do it as much as possible and so i do it like <laughs> one more time i think because like just seeing his tiny little rat hand you're just like oh my god and i don't know if you noticed this foot but he's really bad um it, yeah it's crazy and i'm thinking about like all the people i've met you know who's like oh splinter's my favorite oh, oh mikey's my favorite like like i know a lot of people's favorites and like and so i'm like thinking of particular people who i know love splinter and i'm like oh man, oh, man. like
1: <laughs> splinter's uh, one of my favorite characters i love splinter yeah.
2: <laughs> i feel like i've always drawn splinter kind of like very fragile um i think of nicodemus from secret of nim um mm. do you guys ever watch that if you haven't you've got to watch secret of nim and i am not to my knowledge okay it's a cartoon animated it's gonna blow your mind it's got like rats who fight with swords and like it's amazing
0: oh
2: count Uh, me in you'll you might see some similarities in like my splinter in there um and it's just like this
1: i don't
0: know oh i just was
2: so happy to have scenes with them. like that bottom left panel on some other page with just him and mikey I really like that yeah. one too.
0: That's the the one where Mikey is holding his, uh, maybe he's holding his head. If not, just maybe it's just a shot of Michelangelo and he's got a tear running down his cheek. Yeah, Tears yeah, yeah. on turtle cheeks are mm-hmm. always a easy way to get me. Like yep. from the 1990 the movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah, moving. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> from, from that scene at the fire, uh, excuse me, at like the campfire. And it just mm-hmm. the, you know, splinters kind of ethereal form goes away mm-hmm. and they all just have these like, you know, random tears or, you know, running down their cheeks. It's just oh, gets me every time. So,
1: yes, I'm telling you guys, listening to the John Duprey original 1990 soundtrack, yeah. listen to that. Listen to that song uh, where they're at by the campfire, that song that plays there. Play it right here in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> you probably won't have a dry eye. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll
0: give that a shot, Rob.
2: Yeah, I was so stoked about all that stuff. I did six different looks for Casey, and then I shot him over to Kevin, and we like combined a couple of them. I had like such a good time, um, you know, coming up with all the different looks for the turtles. I'm surprised no one's talking about Donnie's hat. I think it's brilliant. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> Kevin had it in, in his sketch, and I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> and, and I was just thinking, yeah. of, like, Akira, like Crazy Future, you know. Um, but he's also got, like, kind of a karate gi on, on um, part of him. We kind of leaned away from the text a little bit just because you see it so often. Rap, we went very tactical, of course. Um, but Leo, when I saw Kevin's sketch, I was like, okay, yeah, that's a cool idea. Put him in a coat. Okay, okay. But I, I couldn't I couldn't picture it because so many people, I'm not saying Kevin does this, but so many people, like, when you put a turtle in clothes, you forget to draw the shell. And like right. you forget like how big they're actually going to be. And I was like, we'll see if this works. And it freaking killed on Leo. Like, like <laughs> he looks he looks better because it's big. Like I just right. love the way he came out. And he's my favorite turtle. And so on that that there's that there's two panels where they're kind of the same panel, but Raph leaves. The top one yes. is my favorite drawing of Leo I've ever done in my life. I feel like it looks like the movie head, but it looks like the movie head aged.
0: I love. it yeah. Uh, and okay. okay.
2: <laughs> the way in the way that Louise colored it. I was like, damn dude. Like it just hit. I don't
0: know. Well, now I just, we I, I guess we I'm fanning oh, I'm sorry, out about it, but it's
2: cuz I'm, so, I'm so, I, I feel weird like fanning out about it, but it's cuz like again, I I don't even look at it and then I stop and I look at it and I go, "Holy shit, that's exactly what I wanted it to be." That's all it is. like, <laughs> oh man, like
0: this is how I would have wanted it if I was, re-, you know what I mean? I don't know. That's good, man. That's good. I feel like a lot of people would get into this position and then just find it impossible to do the work
1: because
0: mm. they're so worried you know so caught up in being a fan it might be tough for them to get the work done so mm. it's good to know that
1: you're rolling through it and then you get to enjoy it afterwards just real quick speaking of leonardo i love that last uh, scene the bottom right you know where he he knows that raff's gone and he's kind of in darkness that is such a cool shot yeah oh yeah and of course he says that one choice word <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Um,
2: yeah. So yeah. in that one, I I I talk my life's head off about all these decisions because I sit there and I and I sit with them, you know, like I'm draw I'm trying to figure out the page and, and I think about everything, like the angles, the perspectives, everything. And and for that one, I I like to be very, very, very consistent. Like if you follow the arrows and stuff that are in RAF, like I went to Great Pains, <laughs> no pun intended, to like make sure it's pretty darn close, <laughs> like from every from all the different panels and like making sure, you know, but it's pretty hard when you got like a staff sticking out of one side and the sword sticking out of the other side. But yeah. so for that shot of Leo, where he's just standing there like solo, it feels like I wanted it to feel theatrical. Like if this was on stage, it doesn't matter that the couch used to be there. It doesn't matter there was a painting on the wall. Like all that slides off and the light changes and he just goes, damn it. And I love it. Like I, I don't know. I love it. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. Me too.
0: No, it's very well done, man. And we actually Rob and I talked about that in discussing one of the last issues that um Sophie had done in the main ongoing where she does the kind of a similar effect when characters are having like real important conversations she'll mm-hmm. start with a background and then you see the background kind of go away as it really focuses on the emotions in the character's facial work as they're having these really intense or really important conversations. So yeah. hearing you describe that panel like that, I, I think it was a really good choice because mm-hmm. what I, you know, we see that scene play out. And as I said, when Rob and I discussed it, I didn't notice the first time that Raph disappeared. But when you get to that last shot of Leo, it does look like the lighting changed and it almost looks like, you know, he's casting more of a shadow. So oh, it's kind totally. of for he's it's foreboding like, oh man, this is yeah. bad news. We're about to, you know, get into some gritty stuff. So yeah. I think you think I you nailed it on so that regard.
2: Yeah, just like I was just feeling it, man. I was just like cruising. I hope I can like I know that I'll be just as inspired throughout the whole thing. And um yeah, I just can't wait to see. What else I got, <laughs> Kevin? Uh, let me see if I can pull this up. I won't share too much, or he'll never send me emails anymore. But I got my. Uh, I don't know where it is, but it said something like, what... "Oh, here we go." What? What? What were you gonna say? <laughs> I was
0: just gonna say, real "Quick, I guess we know which turtle's gonna die last now that we know who Ben's favorite is."
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he said, "I hope you have a bit of downtime tonight." as things are about to get seriously insane.
0: <laughs> I don't
2: know if he means oh, content-wise man. or workload-wise or both, but I wrote back, I like the sound of that, dot, dot, dot.
0: Nice, dude. Nice. Thanks for the uh, the inside info. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't read the whole thing. There were too many swear words. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that. Again, I just think the the scope of this book being what it is and the again, the full circle, full circle nature of it all is really what's kind of crazy about the the event of this. Do you Mm -hmm. see I mean, obviously, sales number wise, we know it's the the biggest turtles book from IDW and possibly i don't want to not the biggest book of all time right like some of that early mirage stuff probably did ginormous numbers but um or i don't uh, know yeah, i'm not that? sure i'm not sure but, how they do it
2: like, like over over the course of its entire life or first printing, or what um okay, i'm not sure how that right, works right.
0: so i guess i was just gonna say do you do you think about this being part of your legacy at times? Or, I mean, I know we kind of t- talked about it being like a launching point or a checkpoint for you, but you know, is it already sinking in that 20 years from now, 30 years from now, like people are going to be like, "Man, you remember when Ben Bishop and Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz like they did this crazy book, The Last Ronin?" I hope so, man.
2: I hope it it lives on. Like, if it was, I mean, I can't even name like other titles i would i would love it to become because it feels so pompous and whatever but i mean i'm a higher gun on this so i can rave about it you know i'm i'm just (laughs) i'm just as enthralled by the writing and the story and everything that's coming from the scores of brothers so i haven't even spoken to yet um like i just think it's amazing um so yeah i i mean i really hope that that is that it is one of these things and like and that i'm just enjoying every minute of it while it's happening you know and then from now on i'll Enjoy everything that comes from it, and like, um, you know, whether that be work or just like signatures and whatever, you know, like, um, I've got plenty of work right now, so hopefully, like, there are any massive once in a lifetime opportunities that that come right on the heels of this. But, um, I would love, love it to lead to some stuff after that. <laughs> uh, the everybody talking about this is how you reboot the movie, or you know, this needs to be an animated series, like, keep that going, I want that to happen. Um, And I think they're right. Like, and a lot of people have mentioned this in the thousands of reviews that I couldn't stop reading and listening to is um, like how much it felt like the movie, right? Like the original Henson movie. Um, mm -hmm. And I I was thinking of it every moment. I mean, you see the nods to it with the, what was that, a giant toilet? And then like, you know, the people on top of the sewer grate looking down at the noise below and things (laughs) like, and then even the second time around shop, is like, it looks pretty close, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes,
1: it sure does. It's
0: my...
1: yeah. not on fire, thank goodness. Yeah,
0: not anymore. Um, if we can <laughs> if we can talk briefly then, you mentioned the Escorza brothers and Kevin and all that. Yeah. This is this is your first time working with Tom Waltz, right? You know, I think I think so, yeah. Cool, cool. So what is what is working with him like? Again, he's essentially the modern kind of godfather of turtle comics Uh, and maybe godfather isn't the right word but he spent almost 10 years writing the main turtle ongoing but Mm -hmm. does he does he get a little protective of the characters or what's going on or was you know this stuff you got the script and he was just ready to throw everybody in a blender like what's that been like Uh,
2: um he's like Uh, all my, you know, dealings like back and forth with him as far as like, hey, here's the words, here's the pictures kind of thing, um, have been just like amazing. Like the same as they are with Kevin, like super positive, like, whoa, it looks amazing. And then if anything, Tom shares too much on Twitter. But and I'm like, oh man, come on, you're showing everything already. (laughs) Like uh and then that and then that gives me freedom to then reshare it. But um yeah, no, I I think a lot of the script stuff like you mentioned as far as him being protective of the characters or the way he sees things going and stuff that definitely comes between like him and kevin as far as like their interactions and back and forths where like by the time it gets to me um kevin's already kind of got um the rough uh or the layout rather and then i'll be doing the rough and then the final and, and so so i don't have much like back and forth as far as that but uh a little tidbit he he did notice one thing in issue two that like nobody else had noticed all the way through colors was like, there's that one panel where Raph kicks Karai in the face, like that big, big panel uh, where she's got the sigh in her arm and he's holding another one right towards the end there. Um I had actually, we were just so, we are all so burned out and like just working constantly that it went all the way through colors and we didn't realize that I had also drawn a third sigh in Raph's left hand. <laughs> and so, so like the original, there's three sighs to be spoken for. And so I just think that's funny. A, yeah, and this all is... like I can get it back I can get yeah. it back he
0: just keeps like he keeps respawning size <laughs> and it's just everlasting like, I was gonna matter. say man this is this is future tactical rap he's probably you know armed to yeah. the gills with size he doesn't just have two anymore yeah so that that was the only
2: yeah exactly that was the only feedback I uh
0: as far as like a change or
2: a revision I got from Tom um on issue two so far. I think it was also part of his call on on issue one to like kind of m- more uniform uh less you know variation in the turtle heads like we talked about on that page
0: mm-hmm.
2: um that was like right from the start somebody drew it on my rough with a sharpie and i think it was tom <laughs> it was like okay
0: so speaking of all that with the turtles and and michelangelo being the last ronin did you did you know going into it that mikey was going to be the last ronin or did that not come until after you'd started working did you feel like he was the right choice how'd you how'd you feel about all that stuff
2: yeah i'm pretty sure kevin told me that like right off the bat um and then he kind of outlined to me the beats of the five issues um and so i knew where things were going i thought it was a really good choice really brilliant choice. Um, especially where you know so many people would assume to be Raph, especially with like the toughness and the edginess of that character now and and just it being like i think just if for no other reason that mikey was the first and now he's last i think that's the best reason you know but i think that also what so many people including you guys have touched on is like what a character arc you know like like he's the one who has the most change that we can see you know from how he used to be to how he is now and i think that that's really interesting that's an interesting character you know whereas like if we're raf and he was completely the same it might not be so interesting
0: no Um, absolutely man i real early on from the moment the story was announced it just felt like raf or leo would be too obvious of a choice and that left for me at least it would be too obvious of a choice and that left Donnie and Mikey and I had my kind of pros and cons for why Donnie would work or why Mikey would work and so seeing that last panel in issue one where April addresses him as Michelangelo which Mm -hmm. a lot of people online seemed maybe not a lot of people there was some confusion with that but seeing that it was Mikey there at the end I was like all right cool this is Mm -hmm. The perfect choice. I'm so ready to see where this goes. And hopefully, we'll get to see. I mean, we've seen what we've seen bits and pieces of what got him to this angry, hardened mm-hmm. version of himself. And I think Rob mentioned last episode I, I hope we get to see somebody kind of bring him back from that edge a little bit and kind of re revamp what makes michelangelo michelangelo but i also am i'm not mad at him just being a straight up killing machine at this point yeah
2: Yeah, i feel like uh like a switch has definitely flipped right and he's uh, he's like gotta be the most powerful turtle to ever live (laughs) because he's the most most dangerous at least he's he's mastered all all the weapons he's mastered numerous fighting forms um he tried to die a couple times and he can't <laughs> like and so yeah. i think he's just like i think that i don't know the look on april's face there at the end is like here we go <laughs> um i don't know it's about to kick off i'm excited for people to know more about uh the main villain too I, I know that like one thing a lot of people are talking about is we didn't we don't get much of him yet but that's not accidental i was drawing him today <laughs> uh but uh it's going to be it's going to be awesome i don't think that i don't think there's any choices that that kevin or tom or have made in this whole this whole thing that like they haven't thought about like exhaustively of like right. whether or not that's a good choice like there's no i don't i don't i unless they surprise me there's like there's not they're not going to surprise you like oh man they shouldn't have done that i don't know it's just It's going to keep going. I can't
1: wait. Speaking of the villain and just the uh, the horrific things he does, let's talk about the um, the violence. This is definitely Mm -hmm. a a colorful book, if you know what I mean. And you know, Mm -hmm. was there any pushback from IDW or anything like? How does I'm I'm not sure how censorship goes with comic books, uh, especially Mm -hmm. with bigger companies. But so
2: we we definitely knew that we'd have we'd have to be answering to Nickelodeon come the end of the day for sure. Uh, But you know even but when, even when it was just text like on the pages it would say something like you know rap rips through dozens of foot soldiers blood everywhere like like <laughs> and so it's like how do you draw that otherwise like so, <laughs> so uh so Kevin's rough Kevin's roughs would have exactly what the text said and then I would take his roughs and do my roughs and it would become more realized and, and more bloody. And I was really, I was pushing like invincible level on some pages. Yeah. I was trying to go like very Ryan Otley and have the blood have like kind of a life of its own. And, and so much of the movement of those panels is just the blood because it's like stationary kind of big figures who are just like paused in a moment, but you know where his size have gone, where every sword has gone. Because you can follow all those little blood trails, and so if any of them, you know, had to be omitted, it was it was really going to be a problem. So we were lucky. Like Nickelodeon saw it, and they knew that, you know, we were telling kind of a, a bigger story, like a more, um, I don't know the right word, but I want to say like luxury, but that's not what I mean. But it's like it's a bookshelf story, you know, like it's a big, big thing, and it's an adult thing. And it's oversized. And we've told people to in. Life. this has to have weight. Otherwise, we're not doing rap justice, you know. And rap needs to go 100% rap style. And he also needs to go with honor. And it also needs to look extremely bad just for the casual viewer. And so we had done a series of revisions on a lot of parts that we thought were going to be too much. And that Nickelodeon might want to change just so we would be ahead of it. Because literally, we we're so close to the deadline um for printing and then we got really lucky and they didn't change any of it and so wow. said all right nice let's do this and so now we've kind of set the tone for the rest of them hopefully as far as like pushback and things because you know even kevin thought we were gonna get a lot of stuff changed the blood used to be a little bit more bright red and we changed it darker just because we thought it would help like our case <laughs> <laughs> if we had to make one and um <laughs> if anything i thought it looked better like it, it in some panels like the one with the yeah. big red moon it like kind of makes Raph like bleed into the darkness a bit mm. and i really like that
0: well i'm gonna go ahead and get this dad joke out of the way but i okay. think you've uh <laughs> mastered drawing blood oh very nice <laughs> <There you go. laughs> full circle <laughs> there you go there you go but no man really it's we said it in the episode there's just and and then you put it very eloquently with like the you know the blood having this kind of importance or again it goes back to just telling the story with the art we can't see raf in motion but you know what's happening because of where the blood is going where the blood has been where it's pouring or dripping or slashing or whatever Mm -hmm. and and that's why you do that's why you do a big
2: panel like that right like kevin wanted to do that for that reason he's like we're not going to show 25 panels showing every slice and dice he's like you show this one panel and you get this like entire snapshot of the last five minutes or five seconds um
1: and he's completely overwhelmed and yet he just keeps fighting i just love the chaos that's in the pages and it's just to me it's so fascinating when i hear you say that kevin wrote all this out and it does feel very claustrophobic and chaotic and i was talking to exact last episode it it felt like an uh, undead army attacking uh the guys in uh, game of thrones like you know how just stressful and overwhelming that was just to see it's the same thing in the book yeah you gotta you gotta
2: make these like weird artistic choices like when you're you know four inches from the page and staring at it for six hours it it can look weird to look at one of those (laughs) panels and be like why am i only drawing like seven foot soldiers wouldn't there be like A whole bunch back there, and a background, and all this stuff, and and like you said about you know what sophie had done in her pages, like Kevin knows you know when to just say no. This is what's important. We're going to spotlight on this. You know that he's on the docks and surrounded by this and surrounded by that. But these are like the six people he's wasting right now. Here's the next six. (laughs) Here's the next six. (laughs) Like super cool. And he yeah yeah, you, you don't. Them how to write action and that's another that's so to answer your older question or your previous question about like how much time it saved me like i wouldn't even pretend to know how to do action like this kevin's doing it since turtles one
0: right it all comes together in in my opinion for some for some really good stuff some really some really throwback kind of homage while also again just making this a very nowadays type of thing and so it's really cool to Really cool to see how big it is. Really cool to see how successful it's been. It's cool to chop it up with you and see that, you know, you're a fan like us who's getting this kind of dream chance to contribute in such a big way to a Turtles book. So Mm. that is,
1: that's all I've got as far as questions. Rob, I don't know if you have anything else. Well, uh, I don't know if you got to hear the last bit of our conversation on the last episode, but... We had some theories, mm-hmm. and I know you can't probably answer any of those theories. <laughs> okay. But I just I love where this is going as far as the story story goes as well. Like um, I yeah, this is just this is just Rob uh, Zach. I don't even know if you agree with me on this one, but uh, I <laughs> see it as Michelangelo is training Casey to be the last Ronan. You know, almost like a almost like a cool uncle or father slash daughter kind of relationship. I don't know. I just if if that were the case, I love that twist. But yeah, I would. That wouldn't upset me
2: either. And like I said, like I know the bits and pieces, and definitely my beats along the way. But it's it's ever evolving for sure. Like even by when you know Tom and Kevin take their first pass at it, they're like, "Ooh, you know what we could do," and, you know. <laughs> um, but that outline is there, and then even further back, like Peter Laird treatment and stuff which i hope gets published in some big hardcover but i have a whole photocopy of it with sketches and all this stuff and it's incredible um he invented he invented things for the last ronin which was supposed to take place in 2017 (laughs) then that just came to be wow like he's he's a prophet (laughs) um it's amazing but um but yeah back to your point I think that would be a really really cool way I think that already like I'm in love with that character um and I don't know why like I'm just like oh yeah this is great like I already my first sketch cover I drew on my issue twos was uh of her and I couldn't even show it because I did not want to spoil it for people <laughs> and so like I'm just sitting on it for a couple weeks but I had a real real fun drawing her because draw a lot of Casey, um, and so now it's going to be really fun to draw her.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's a- So when you saw the book, I mean, did you get to see all of Kevin's layouts beforehand, or did is that something you had to see when the book was actually finished?
2: Um, they come like in batches from Kevin. um he makes sure everyone's got something to do um so so he'll be like working on certain part of the story, but doing uh the layouts for a different part of the story and then like making sure the brothers have a few and I have a few and then when we run out he's like oh crap <laughs> and he's gotta like get back to it and so like that man is just the Tasmanian devil. So I did see a handful of them. I kind of lose track of like what takes place when and, and especially like where is this even going to be in the book. You know, because I'm seeing some of Kevin's layouts, and then he'll be like, "Hey, just for some inspiration, here's some scores of pages that Louise just read. and I'm like, "Whoa, that's awesome!" But, but I don't really know where it falls. Yeah. Like, uh, even when I saw issue two, like all as one, I read the, the first PDF that they sent around before it went to print, so we could all look for mistakes and stuff. <laughs> I didn't realize that like my thing was going to be so early, and that and that we were going to catch people off guard, and just like, "Yep, raph has gone now." <laughs> For the rest of the story. Like, that hit me, even in a strange yeah. way. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, so it is, it's really cool when you see it all together, of course.
1: Yeah, well, just to piggyback off of that, too, like, what was it like to see Kevin's art in it? I mean, was that pretty special for you, too? Because, I mean, it was a oh, geek yeah. moment for me. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, because I hadn't seen Because he never sent me the layouts for that stuff, because I think he just was going a million miles a minute. <laughs> um, and I didn't need to see them because I wasn't part of them. But uh, he'll usually send stuff anyway, and and so when I saw those in the book, I was like, oh my god, it, it worked perfectly. So uh, I wish it was longer, um, yeah. Than anything. But hopefully, that just means that there's more,
1: you know? right? And the black and white, oh man, to to kind of offset all the color that we mm-hmm. see in this book, it's it's just it just worked. It really did work.
2: I was listening to another review. I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't you guys, but it might've been where they thought, I don't think it was you guys because you would have known, but they're all mixed up in my brain now, but they thought <laughs> like, you know, what would be really cool is I know that this was a story that Kevin and Pete worked on way back when, like, do you think these could be the old pages? like, like they had started it and maybe not finished and i was like man that is like what we're going for every day with drawing blood i was like i can't wait to kevin that that people thought that about ronan you know because we're always trying to give that like you know fake artifact thing with drawing blood and ragdolls and things like that so that somebody thought that those were legitimately drawn like in the 80s and then you know put in this story where we were able to it's such a cool concept i wish it was what was happening but yeah it's such a cool way to read it for that
1: person i I just want to say one last thing and that is as a fan uh and and zach and i definitely we talked about it in the last episode too like we have been rooting for you uh Uh and to see to see you do this because i I mean i've been loving what you've been doing and to Mm -hmm. see you not only get this gig but to just knock it out of the ballpark and like you even said yourself there's been some some scenes where it's just like it just Seemed like the pencil took a, a mind yeah. of its own, uh, you know. It's
2: weird, yeah. It was like, This is too important, I gotta just like, let go of my inhibitions and draw what I want it to be. <laughs>
1: yes, absolutely. And we see it as a fan. I've read a lot of Turtles books, I know Zach has as well. And this feels like something absolutely special in the making, you know. I mean, it already is, yeah. And we're only two issues in, so I know for a fact this will be something we talk about for years and years to come. It's just like Tom Waltz's run with the, the original hundred issues of IDW. It's like, it's, yeah. it's, that is an era. And yeah. this is too. And I just, I, I just want you to know that as a fan, I, I know there are many that would agree with, with us in that.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's wild to me and it's hard to,
2: you know, step back like from within it. Cause it's all happening so fast and I'm like super stressed out, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Like being one of aside from you know Ken doing the layouts and stuff, it's like it's like well technically three different artists, you know, three artists on one book, and it's such a big book. It's pretty crazy that it happened to be me because I was trying so hard to you know get work with IDW for so friggin long, and it was just <laughs> like yeah maybe yeah maybe yeah maybe, it's like come on. And then Kevin and I got busy on our own stuff, and then it all just lined up, and then it was like highest printing ever made and i was like what the hell like crazy. <laughs> yeah so yeah it's just been awesome um yeah it's been a whirlwind and hopefully it keeps going and we can parlay this right into drawing blood success and exciting stuff like toys and and you know i'll just say no to every opportunity until the aggregate book two is done <laughs> that's, my, that's awesome. my goal It's like no 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 <laughs>
0: No, I won't draw Spider Man. <laughs> Damn it!
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: well, I hope you, I uh, hope you get to a point where those, where you get to actually say no to those things, but, but the saying no's pay off, man. So, mm-hmm. uh, on, on behalf of Rob and I, want to just say again, thanks for joining us, thanks for your time, thanks for sitting here and, and chopping it up and being patient with the technical difficulties and whatnot. But, um, can't, can't wait to we see what you to bring time. to issue three, four, and five, man.
2: Yeah. I won't. I'll uh, try not to let you down. Um, Appreciate it. <laughs> It'll be good. It'll be good. Just don't kill you anybody just else. Let me know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I might let you down. <laughs> right. I let you down after all? Yeah. How do you think that's gonna go? Uh, just as a very last, final thought. Like, am I gonna be like hated forever? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, considering uh, the fact know. that you you killed Raph off, and everyone's like, "That was awesome!" I think you're gonna be good.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think if you, I think if you do it with respect yes. and with honor, and and you do it completely within their character, which I thought that was so Raph, of course, and and he just he can't see through the rage sometimes, and that's why it was so perfect. She plucked it off of his own leg. It was like. You can see him scramble there, like in that panel right below it, where she takes it off. And he's like, what? And it just misses his face. He didn't know that he even had that on him anymore, I don't think. I think he was seeing red, and, and she saw an opportunity, and it was his downfall. was the same as him rushing into battle to begin with, you know? And And like you guys talked about, it, and everyone's talking about, it, this is like the first domino, right? Like, if he hadn't done that, who knows how different
0: everything would have
2: been. And I think Mikey says right. something to that effect when he's screaming at himself in the kitchen.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, man, it was such a cool story. It's a very cool story with uh, very brutal moments, like watching my favorite turtle
1: get stabbed in the throat. On your birthday. <laughs> um,
0: on my birthday. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thanks again, Ben. And, uh, think- <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,
1: thanks, man, man. I really appreciate it.
0: All right. Yeah,
1: thanks, you guys.
2: You guys have a good night. All right, you too, buddy.
0: Thanks so much. All right, bye. All right, Turtle fans. So that is that for the Ben Bishop interview. You heard it here first on Boo Yaka Show, a TMNT podcast. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Thanks again to my buddy Rob. Thanks to Ben for his time and graciousness. We appreciate that. As you guys know, you can find Booyaka Show anywhere you listen to podcasts. You guys can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and many, many more. If you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, do me a favor and leave a rating and review. That really, really helps the show. Share the show on socials. If you've got a Turtle fan in your life that's not listening to the show, let them know they're missing out. I appreciate you guys. You can find me, the host, Zach Norris on Instagram and Twitter, at Zosotmnt, that is at Z-O-S-O-T-M-N-T. Find me on there and we can chat turtles. But once again, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Hope everyone is safe out there. Take care, and Cowabunga. Cowabunga!
1: Yeah! I've got an idea!